everyone. This is WeaverCast. WeaverCast is a weekly podcast that we go over tips and tricks for Rapid Weaver and web design. I am Joe Workman, your host. I am an independent Mac and web developer based in the San Francisco Bay Area. Today, it is show number 21. It is Tuesday, February 25th, 2014. And WeaverCast is never longer than 15 minutes. So let's get started. So... I actually recorded show 20 yesterday. And as I was editing it, I realized that this was, it was a huge, just big old fire hose, right? And I was just like pumping data out. Um, So I decided because I talked so much and that the, the data was just so in your face so much that I would split it up into two shows. So instead of, plus, I talked for like 20, 30 minutes, and I tried to edit it down, couldn't. So to keep true to our 15 minutes, I split it up into two. And now we have two 10-minute shows. Um, I think that's really great because uh, I I assume like after 10 minutes of all the stuff I was going over and firing at you, your eyes would just gloss over, right? So it's good that we split it up. So I'm not really going to uh, go over what htaccess file is, please watch show 20 first. Um, none of the contents here really relies on show 20 unless you don't know what an HT access file is. So you probably want to watch show 20 first and then move on to show 21 after you've uh, had a cup of coffee after you watch show 20. Um, so without further ado, let's uh, jump into the tutorials. Okay, now here's another tip that deals with performance and this has to do with caching and expires. Now inside Rapweaver and you know if you're just hand coding things you do know that you can provide expire headers on each web page individually. Now a lot of times we forget to do that. I myself never do it. I always forget. So doing it in the HT access level is a great way because you can actually do it across all the files on your site centrally. By default basically what we do is we uh, we make sure that expires active is on. So uh, we actually enable this feature. Now this next one is kind of controversial. Some people have it, some people don't. What this does is it sets a default expire date for every file on your web server. Then basically that requires, if you want to change from the default that you explicitly say so in this configuration file. Now, a lot of people say that, you know, maybe not providing a default at all is the best way because then it just takes the default uh, mentality of always get the latest. Um, but it's there uh, if, if you deem that a default would be good. If we look at the syntax here uh, for the rest, we have expires by type, and then we have the what's called the mem type of a file or the type of file that, that is going to be accessed on the, for this rule. So we have a text CSS, there's application JSON, text XML. Um, these are called mem types. So if you wanna look for a particular mem type Uh, You know, make sure that I should have inside this example all the possible mem types that you would want. Uh, So definitely look at that. Then, so we do expire by type, and then you can actually then define the type of file. And then here is access plus one year we see in the CSS example. And what that says is access time, which is the date that the user hits hits that web page, So it's telling the browser, you can cache this CSS file for one year. Now this may be a little, uh, you know, conservative. 
you know, I think one year is probably a lot, a little much because we're updating our websites a little more frequently than once a year. Okay. So this is telling the web browser that they're able to cache the CSS file for up to a year. Then at that point, it can, it will force it to be redownloaded. As you see, there are all kinds of other things. Uh, we can, you know, you can do images, you can do, uh, you know, font files. Now, a lot of these, you know, a lot of time font files are not going to change. Um, so you can definitely cache those. We saw in the previous example, something called a mime type. What this is, is it defines the type of file and ties that to an extension. So for example, let's say video MPEG4. So here we have add type video slash MP4. And if we ever have a file called .mp4 or with a .m4v, it's going to tell the browser that this file is a type of video MP4. If the web server does not serve up a file with a proper mem type, it couldn't, it won't be interpreted properly by the browser. So for video, that means maybe the video won't get played because maybe it thinks it's a dot movie file, or if it's an audio, maybe it thinks it's a dot MP3 file instead of a video file. So there are a lot of times where hosts do not properly have every possible um, page extension defined. So if you do have some issues where maybe a font that you've tried to load isn't working or a video that you've loaded or a MP3 file that you've loaded doesn't quite work properly, it could definitely be a MIME type issue and you might need to add some of these lines into your HT access file. So this is a quick rule that allows you to stop users from uh, you know being able to embed your images that are hosted on your website on other domains. Now this next rule isn't really gonna to apply to a lot of people. This is if you're using HTTPS on your web browser or on your web server, and you want users, if they get actually go to HTTP colon slash slash your domain, you want them to automatically redirect to HTTPS, this is how you would do that. Now kind of a similar rule that we just saw, Let's say if you go to www.joeworkman.net right now, you'll get redirected. Basically, the www gets stripped off. This is essentially a way of accomplishing that in your HT access file, where you can put in your domain, www.yourdomain.com, and then redirect that to be, you know, HTTP colon your domain. So basically, you're stripping off the www. Um, so really simple thing. You're going to have to change the domain. Um, but... Easy, good to know. Now in the last couple examples, we looked at, at some things that redirected and restructured the URL. Those, those use something called a URL rewrite. And here are some more complex situations on this where instead of uh, you know, just you know, removing HTTPS, we're actually restructuring how URLs are defined. Now I use this and this is documented for my Tumblr stack and we see examples of that here where if a user had gone to slash blog slash index.php slash post dash and then some digits, I rewrite that rule to be slash blog slash index.php question mark ID equals and then dollar one is what is used in is what is placed from these parentheses. So it's a way of making some URLs prettier. It's another way of doing more generic broad URL rewrites. 
For example, um, the se second example here, in my really old, a few years ago, my uh, URLs were drastically different than they are now. I had joework.net slash product slash product name. And when I redid my website and had my new, my new URL structure, which is joework.net slash rapidweaver slash stacks slash product name, I, I wanted just a really quick and simple way where, you know, people weren't getting 404s if they went to an old product page. So what I did was, if you go to uh, joeworkman.net slash products slash anything, which is a dot star, this uses regular expressions, it'll basically redirect them with a, a 301 redirect to slash rapidweaver on my site. Now, if you do notice, a lot of these uh, rules use you know regular expressions. I'm not going to go over all the intricacies of what a regular expression is here. Um, definitely do some research. Maybe search from Stack Overflow or Google uh, various examples of what you potentially would want. Uh, but uh, some generics here. Caret is the beginning of a line. Dollar is the end of a URL. Anything that is in parentheses will be assigned to a variable. So here we have parentheses uh, and everything inside of that gets assigned to dollar one. Um, dot star is a way of saying anything, okay? Um, so any character, it could be slashes, spaces, anything. Dot star matches anything. And then, um, so that's that. That is the last HT access rule. Uh, let's jump into some robot.txt files. So robot.txt files, um, it is, like I said earlier, it is simply a text file that you add to the root of your web server. The name is explicitly going to be robots.txt. And search engines look for this file and they will abide by the rules that you define within this file. So the first line of a robots.txt file is going to be user agent star. Now, you could, if you like, actually target specific search engines and give rules for specific search engines. And by doing that, you can do user agent colon Google or Bing or something else, right? I don't really recommend that. I, I don't know of any great use cases for doing that because pretty much I think most of our problem is actually getting found by search engines, not restricting specific search engines from finding us. So most of the time you're gonna do user agent star and that will affect these. So the rules that we're defining here will affect every single search engine that finds your site. Then essentially is some disallow commands where you can say, Search engine, do not find or source anything inside slash temp or slash junk in this example here that we see in this file. And there are no regular expressions allowed here. It is simply statically defining the exact folders that you do not want your search engines to search. And that's basically it. Uh, the robots.txt file, as you see here, is really simple. You say, all search engines, and then you define folders that you do not want the search engines to source, and they won't go in and look at anything inside there. Um, and that's it. For more information, check out robots.txt.org, and they have a few more examples and whatnot for you, but uh, this is going to serve you 99.9% .9 of the time. So good luck, everybody. Thanks.
Well, that's a wrap, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this two-part series on HT Access files and robot files. Um, really some great stuff in here. Um, I hope you take the time to, to play around with it and hope it wasn't too much for you. Um, you know, definitely take reference to, uh, you know, the files. Uh, so look at the snippet share that I pointed to in show 20 on GitHub. And uh, I'll probably just throw a, an access file that we saw all the tips in the show notes as well. So that if you don't want to, uh, you know, join the snippet share, you'll still have access to all that stuff. So make sure you check out the show notes for links and everything that have of um, all the sample snippets that we've seen here today. Um, so as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you could reach me on all the various internets at Joe Workman on Twitter and app.net. You can send us an email uh, at support at joeworkman.net. So please, you know, give us your ideas. Tell us what you want to learn. Uh, my list is starting to get a little bit shorter. So uh, please go ahead and tell me what you want to know so that I can... Um, teach you. And as always, make sure you go to joeworkman.net and check out my awesome products. They make this uh, great podcast free for everybody. So if you enjoy it, go check out my products and uh, pick up a couple. So thank you very much, everyone. I uh, hope you have a great day. Talk to you later. Bye.